98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does it smell good? Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. Alright, it is noon on a big red Monday, a victory Monday. It's time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron? So the Arizona Cardinals woke up in the second half yesterday to beat the Panthers on the road 26-16. So when you guys think about this game and you think about everything that went on in this game, where does your mind go first? It's got to be defense. I mean, they forced turnovers. They got sacks. They kept the Cardinals in the game when the offense was doing nothing. And the offense couldn't get out of its its own way in the first half, and they still won. So it, to me, it's, it's clearly defense. You know, it's amazing because you asked me that question, and immediately I think of parachuting in from 30,000 feet. I cannot help it. I don't think of the game specifically. I think of the fact the Arizona Cardinals are 2-2, two and two, and the strength of their team has played horribly. <laughs> They're 2-2, two and two, and the strength of their team in four games, generally speaking, has not played well at all. Man, I'll take that and run. So that was going to be my next question. What do you think this win will do for the Cardinals? They're now 2-2 two and two through four weeks. They have the Eagles up next, and then I think, I believe, the Seahawks. But... When D-Hop, when we first learned about D-Hop's suspension, you said, I'll take three and three and I'll run with it. Yep. So they're two and two. They have two more games before D-Hop returns. How do you guys feel about the Cardinals right now? I mean, if you're talking about big picture, I don't feel as bad, Wolf, as I think a lot of people do, because you are 2-2. Two and two. And if you get through without DeAndre Hopkins 3-3, three three, like Aaron just said, you're very much in this. The division could very well be four 2-2 two and two teams after tonight, depending what happens on Monday Night Football. And I know I said this earlier, and I know it's not, it's not like a clear-cut thing that is definitely happening, but you can make the case they have gotten a little bit better in each of these four games. Not in, like, not leaps and bounds, but the last couple years they've gotten significantly worse as the season has gone on. So I'm still holding out hope this team is going to get better as the year goes. Yeah, I'm really encouraged based on what I'm seeing from the defense and the way the defense has incrementally gotten better here as the season goes along because they've got so many young guys they need to continue to develop in their careers and come together and play as a unit. And I think we're starting to see that. The defense getting better, but man, the offense still has a long, long way to go. And I worry about focusing on DeAndre Hopkins and Luke. This is something you've been talking about an awful lot. It's not like, oh, D-Hop, all of a sudden D-Hop's going to get back and he's going to fix everything. I think the Arizona Cardinals need to find their offense before that happens. And I'm hoping what we saw in the second half yesterday will be the first step in that direction. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com and it asks who was the Cardinals MVP in the week four victory over the Carolina Panthers? So here are your choices guys. Kyler Murray, Hollywood Brown, J.J. Watt, Zach Allen, or Dennis Gardeck? 
tough. I, it's it's hard to not give it to J.J. Watt just considering what he went through to even play in that game. But if you set that aside for a second, the first player I think of is Zach Allen. So I'll go with Zach. Yeah, that's what I'd have to go with as really? well. Really? Oh, wow. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I'd like to change it if I possibly could. But the defense was the tip of the spear for the Arizona Cardinals yesterday. The defense actually, in my opinion, in a gross exaggeration of the truth, they won a game for the Arizona Cardinals. And guess who was at the very front of that? Zach Allen and how he played. What would you change it to? I wouldn't change it. Oh, I thought you said you would change it. You said you'd it. love to change it. If I'd you love could. to change it if I could. Yeah, I can't because Zach Allen and the defense played that well. So 45% say Zach Allen, 25% say JJ Watt, 13% say Marquise Hollywood Brown, 9% Dennis Gardeck, and then 8% Kyler Murray. Boy, how about Well, that's that? really low for the quarter. I mean, Kyler Murray had a. Okay, that's fine. No, I'm just saying Zach Allen. Yeah. I mean, he's, he led. That, that's, that's really, really yeah. good. Well done. I Red thought I was going to pick Zach Allen. He was going to get like 8%, not 45%. Hey, when you step up and ball, there's that's, no excuses. Undeniable. Everybody knows who Zach Allen is now and not Zach Gowan. Hmm. The Suns were shockingly upset by NBL's Adelaide 36ers in the preseason opener 134 to 124. What do you guys think about this? Next. Uh, that, yeah, I mean... Well, no, we have two minutes to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's not... <laughs> it's not great. I mean, it's not like the biggest deal in the world. It's your first preseason game, but uh, that's weird to lose. And I don't even think Adelaide's that like high in the NBL. It's, it's not. <laughs> Wait like, a minute, you've been talking about Adelaide, the Thirty Sixers, yeah. for weeks. Well, I now. thought they didn't know what the Suns were bringing to them, but apparently <laughs> the Suns didn't know what Adelaide had in store for them. But I correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Adelaide is the Golden State Warriors of of their league. They are Listen, just a team. I, I went to bed last night around midnight. Okay, yeah, I went to bed around midnight last night. I had no time to actually watch what was Boy, going you on. Missed out. So um, I have no idea what happened in this preseason game, but the 36ers ball it out, apparently. Now we know better. I thought Adelaide was like an Australian energy drink, and it's it's the city that apparently owns the Phoenix Suns in the preseason. 134 points. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Should we be worried? No. No. Next. Next. No, but it would be nice to have something good with the Suns here. for. It next. really would be. Okay, next. All right. Tonight, coming up, 515, Monday Night Football. You got the L.A. Rams versus the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, baby. Is the over-under on this game? Man, I love this. Are you kidding me right now? This is going to be... This is great. I'm going to be sitting there on the couch in the compound watching the NFC West. The Rams and the 49ers go at... It's going to be a physical game, too. 42 and a half. Really? Okay, so let's see. Figure the Rams I'm loving win twenty one eighteen. Okay, that's under forty. I, I I know you said last week, Wolf, we want the 49ers to win. I get it. I, I understand that logic. I kind of just want the 49ers to drop to one and three and get out of the race for a little bit. Really? Yeah. I kind of just want the Rams to. Win. No way. I want the 49ers to win this right. game and be really, really physical. Run the ball right at Aaron Donald, where everyone goes, Oh, yeah. 
that that's what we're going to do when we play the run. We're going to run it right at Aaron Donald with a double team. Six straight losses for the Rams against the 49ers in the regular season. Not obviously the playoffs because they took the 49ers out in the NFC Championship. All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, as always, Aaron. Uh, when we come back, Cardinals 2-2 two and two through the first four weeks of the season. Did we learn anything about them in their win over Carolina yesterday? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Here we go! Yeah! Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Let's go! Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! All right, we're back here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. The Cardinals now 2-2 two and two following yesterday's win over the Carolina Panthers. Wolf, this team is odd <laughs> right now to look so much better on the road over the last really year now than they do at home to look so different from one half to the other yesterday to be two and two when they've played not very well at all on offense they are an enigma right now and yet they are two and two and that might be good enough to be tied for first place in a four-way tie albeit but for first place in the division in about you know what eight hours depending what happens tonight yeah you know once again i'm not saying two and two yeah everybody let's party i mean i understand that but as a former professional athlete I understand this and look at the two and two and if if you're two and two and you have not played well and you know you have not played well whether it's individually or collectively as a team and you're sitting there at two and two knowing you've been outplayed in games um, for the most part in the National Football League you'll take that and run because you're expecting yourself to play up to your abilities and your potential individually and then collectively as well. So you can look at that and say, we've played maybe our worst football. When you think of this offense right now, this has been as anemic as we've seen Cliff Kingsbury's offenses be since he showed up here. Yeah, uh, since I mean, he showed up, if you're, uh, the the Detroit game last year was a low, but that was one game. This one is game. a quarter of the season. We're seeing that, and it looks like an extension from last year once again. And because of that, you know you haven't played well, and you're sitting there at two and two, man. That I, I I can't be discouraged. I can't. I'm encouraged by that. I wonder if Cliff feels the same. Way. Well, we'll find out. We're going to talk to him here in about an hour. But uh, in terms of points per game right now, Wolf, the Cardinals are eh, they're at 22 points a game. They didn't number them on this list, but it looks like they're about 18. I'm not going to sit here and count while we're on the air. But, you know, kind of middle yeah. of the pack, a little bit below yep. middle of the pack. And yet on defense, I had the stat earlier, they're third in the NFL in terms of, of turnover differential plus four. There's no way I would have thought in the first four weeks they were winning games because of their defense. They basically won yesterday mostly because of their defense, and they wouldn't have had a chance against the Raiders for Kyler to do all the stuff he did if the defense didn't make some plays in the second half and Byron Murphy didn't score the winning touchdown in overtime. The defense has been... And the, I didn't think the defense was bad against the Rams either. Yeah. So the defense has been legit now for two and a half games plus an overtime, and I'm with you. I would not have expected that early in the season. Maybe later in the season, as some of these young guys get established, and maybe you're able to develop a pass rush, but not the first 
month of the season. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I'm encouraged with in regard to the offense is the two halves of games two and four. Think about that. The Raiders game and, of course, the Carolina Panthers game. The the second halves of those games really hold the keys to the kingdom, in my opinion. Um, there were some similarities with those halves. The, the Cardinals were more balanced uh, in both of those halves. The Cardinals ran the ball, I think, in a more vertical way and really put the responsibility on their offensive line in both of those halves. Basically said, we're going to do this, and if you don't block, we're not going to win this game. And I think they responded to that. Um, the Cardinals really ran in a very vertical way, as I said. And I thought yesterday, too, in particular, the fact that Kyler, nine of the 12 times Kyler Murray was under center, was in the second half. Nine of the 12. Which I believe is the most times we've seen Kyler Murray under center in a half. Nine times. And this did not include the three kneel downs. Okay, it did not include that, and rightfully so. It shouldn't. Every time you say nine times, I just think of the clip from Ferris Bueller, and I feel like you haven't seen Ferris Bueller. Uh, I have seen oh, Ferris where he just goes nine times. Yeah, Mrs. Nine. Bueller. Yes, every every <laughs> time course. you say nine times, I think that. Uh, this is DJ Humphreys yesterday after the game. We played the clip earlier of him talking about what it meant to him because he's been here for a while now to just finally beat Carolina. But how about this? What sort of statement did the Cardinals potentially make with that win? Um. I don't know. I don't know because I don't because I, I, I've never been one for the, the outside noise because it distracts me. So I've never been the one for paying attention to it. Even when we we're last year, we were seven and zero. You know what I mean? I, never, I didn't pay attention to it then. Everybody had us going. To, I didn't pay attention to it then. I think that's just kind of got to be the mentality of who we are. For some reason out there in the world, the the, the fair weatherness comes very fast with us. You know what I mean? Whether it's very good or very bad. So blocking all that stuff out is, is imperative. You're gonna be on the squad. You just got to know what you're dealing with and, and basically go out there and tunnel vision and do your job and watch the chips fall. You know, that's yeah. probably fair. I, I look. I don't want to. I'm not trying to diminish what they did yesterday, but that didn't feel like a statement win to me, Wolf. That felt like, a, hey, this is a, a, a almost a survival win. But by doing yes. it, you're in a pretty good spot here going forward if you fix some stuff. But I, I, I don't feel like the rest of the NFL was like, hey, did you see what the Cardinals did to Carolina yesterday? Yeah. They beat Baker by ten. Like that, that happens. <laughs> it's a win. It's a good win. But I don't think it was like a turn the league on its side win. Like if you beat Philadelphia this week, yeah. statement win. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. Um, I will say though, once again, as an analyst looking inside of what is going on with this offense and Kyler Murray being put under center in, they actually ran the tackle zone play a couple of times. <laughs> they actually ran the play where you hand the ball off, the stretch play. They ran it, and they also ran some plays in between the tackles yesterday as well. And it doesn't mean they're going to change their offense, Luke. It doesn't mean that. It just means they may expand their offense, which is exactly what I've been hoping that they would do. Nobody has talked more about this offense and, and wanting to see this offense evolve. Nobody than me over the last three years. And I know everybody that is listening right now, you can attest to that. I can attest to that. <laughs> yes, because everyone's sick and tired of hearing it. I am sick and tired of telling it. But I must... 
because it's the biggest chad, the biggest hanging chad in the room for me, metaphorically speaking. I, you, you've got to expand this offense. And that really gets me fired up that they put him under center nine times and a half. And I'm not talking about the kneel downs. And they ran the base play. Here it is. Run the tackle zone. And guess what? The tackle zone, they ran that play. And I think they had a total of five yards on those two carries. They got stuff for the most part. But it's everything else that comes off of that, Luke, that is so important. This gives me hope. Hope that this offense can expand, not change, just expand. Yeah, there's 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 definitely something to that being uh, talked about here as we're out here at Cardinals uh, at the facility. I mean, you had Kyler Murray asked about it last week. Remember on Wednesday he talked about it. Cliff mentioned it after the game, I and mean, we were joking because he mentioned it in relation to you. But he mentioned it because they did stick to the run, and in both of their wins this season, they had stuck with it. Cliff even mentioned after the game. You know, I look, there's what's the stat? We run the ball 30 or more times. I mean, they basically win. The Cardinals are such a strange team in the sense that there are these stats. And I tend to always be like, OK, you picked an arbitrary number and you can find a stat to really drive your point home for anything. And so I don't usually look specifically at numbers, Wolf. But they are such a strange team in the sense that if Kyler runs 10 or more times, they win. If it's a team, they run 30 or more times, they win. If they're on the road, they win. If they're at home, they lose. If they throw too much, they lose. They are such definitive absolute stats it's weird it's making me rethink stats honestly because a lot of times when I look at stats I'm like that gives you an idea but it doesn't tell you the whole story in a weird way with this team right now it's telling you the whole story yeah yeah I, I know what you're saying, Luke, but once again, I, I'm just thinking of what happened, what happened yesterday and how this team has to continue to evolve, in my opinion. You're, you're, everything you're saying, I totally agree with, yet I can't help but think of the Raiders in the second half and, and what I saw in the second half yesterday and the fact that this is, this is um, important for a number of different reasons in both those games. Kyler Murray brought his team back in both those games. That's so important. That's so critical to see that actually happening here. Um, in the Raiders game, it was more about just Kyler Murray making some incredible plays that you may never see again as long as you live. And yet, in the Panthers game, it was more collective. It was a team effort. And those two halves are so similar to me. And the best thing about the second half of Carolina and how it differs from the second half of Vegas is that the second half of Carolina is sustainable going forward. With Kyler running around, making all those incredible plays you're never going to see again in the second half of the Raiders game, I don't think that may be sustainable. Yeah, that was that was maybe more fun. It was more entertaining, but we knew in the moment that's not something you can count on every week. If you could count on that every week in the second half from your quarterback, he would go down as the greatest quarterback in NFL history. <laughs> There's a reason you can't count on it every week. Right. All right, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now when we come back. <laughs> we go around the NFC West, Wolf. We got the Monday night game tonight. We've got the highest scoring team in the NFL this weekend was actually the Seahawks somehow. We'll explain that next or try to anyway. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. 
Well, if we got Monday Night Football tonight, we've got the 49ers and the Rams. San Francisco has beat L.A. six straight regular season games. They obviously met in the playoffs last year, and certainly the Rams won that game because the Rams won the Super Bowl. But six straight regular season wins for the 49ers over the Rams. So let's let's start there. How does that happen where Sean McVay loses six straight times to the same team that he's just as familiar with as they are with him? That is a great question. I don't know what to say about that other than, um, you know, maybe Sean McVay holds something back when they meet in the regular season. And yet, even as I say that, it makes me laugh. And Sean McVay doesn't seem like he ever holds anything back. It doesn't. Yeah, I, I just don't see that being a possibility either or either if you're from the East Coast. Listen, I, I think right now this is just a situation where the 49ers, for whatever reason physically they match up well against the Rams physically they've got a good front seven that can hold up against the Rams the Rams tend to throw the ball more than they run the ball against the 49ers and because of that I think they're actually playing into the 49ers strength because the 49ers can shut down the Rams rushing attack make them one dimensional get them in third and obvious pass situations and then here comes that pass rush and that's why I think the 49ers have beat them. They are typically always close games. You had, well, last year you had 31-10, but you had 27-24 in overtime in Week 18. You had a 34-31 in 2019. You had a, two, a couple other close games in, in 2020. Like When they meet, it's a close game. It yeah. comes down to the end. And, and, you know, I said this last week half-joking, but I, it's probably true, Wolf. You got Jimmy Garoppolo and you got Matthew Stafford. Stafford is more capable of making plays than Jimmy G is. Jimmy G is obviously more, uh, a little bit more of a game manager. But they are both very capable of throwing two interceptions in any game. And yeah. it, it might just be whichever one of them, the opposing defense catches the ball they throw them tonight. You know what I mean? It might just be because you feel like Jimmy G is going to give you one or two interceptions. And Stafford usually gives you at least one, two. So which defense is going to make the play on those balls? Yeah. You know what's interesting about it? Just listening to you talk. Um, it truly, speaking of defenses, it also was Kyle Shanahan understanding how to attack Aaron. Donald and the Rams defense yeah, overall. He must have something. One of the things one of the things they do, I mean, you mentioned the points. You 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 gave the scores and somebody, you know, they've been able to score uh, points against the Rams. And thinking back to the games, it's always been a very power based scheme with the 49ers when they line up and play the Rams, and there's a lot of double teams, and maybe it's the physicality of Kyle Shanahan and his offense and the fact that they use power personnel groups to actually stay balanced and run the ball. Maybe maybe that has really given the 49ers an advantage. I'm just once again, without seeing all the numbers in front of me, without seeing the the tape um, of the six regular season games they've played, just knowing the 49ers and who they are, that seems to bode well against the Rams defense. I can't give you the tape and I can't give you all the detailed numbers, but here's the scores. 27-24 in overtime, 31-10, 23-20, 24-16, 34-31, and 20-7. So they are scoring. And, and the 20-7 is right. early 2019. Sure. You know what I mean? I'm going back. But still, I mean, they are consistently putting up mid to high 20s against the Rams team that it is not easy, especially last year, was not easy to do that against. Now, the other component to this game tonight, Wolf, 
Yeah, San Francisco comes in at one and two. Rams two and one. So if San Francisco wins, they're both two and two. Well, the Cardinals are two and two. Somehow Seattle's two and two. Did you see Seattle yesterday put up forty eight against Detroit, who is quickly becoming one of the more entertaining teams in the NFL? The Lions because they will put up thirty eight points a week and give up thirty nine points a week. Yes. But Seattle, I, I didn't know if Seattle was going to put up forty eight points before, like collectively before Thanksgiving, and they put it up in one game yesterday. <laughs> that is shocking to me. Without seeing the tape, without seeing the game at all, it was shocking to me that the Seattle Seahawks scored 48 points in a game. Now, I understand. Oh, my goodness. Look, everybody. It's Tyler Lockett. Oh, that's DK Metcalf out there as well. Um, a lot of Rashad Penny yesterday. A, a lot of Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny, a very underrated back. Really like what I've seen from Rashad Penny over the years, but um, I never thought the Seattle Seahawks would be capable of scoring 48 points with Geno Smith as their quarterback. I'm sorry. No offense to Geno. Former WVU grad, of course. No (laughs) offense to him. It's West Virginia. It's West Virginia. Okay, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) The pride of every mountaineer. That kind of sounds like the parade song with the baton. Yeah, well, it it does, yes. And you kind of have to act like the the parade song, too. But um, I never thought they'd be capable of doing that, putting up those kind of numbers. His rating game. his rating yesterday was uh, 132.6. That's wow. a pretty good passer rating wow. for Geno Smith. I, I'm, How I'm many little, attempts do you have it in front of you? How many uh, attempts did he have? 23 of 30 for two touchdowns man. and interceptions. 320 oh. yards. Oh, man. I, you know, it, I, I don't know if Detroit even showed up defensively. Rashad Penny had 17 carries for 151 yards. So like nine yards a carry and two touchdowns. Metcalf had 149 yards. Um, Will Desley and Noah Fant were the guys that scored, actually, oh in the passing goodness. game. But Lockett, like you said, had another 91. Uh, I mean, Detroit's obviously a work in progress. But Seattle specifically, Wolf, I'm torn on this because I want them to go away. And they're not doing that. They're 2-2. Two and two. But if they want to go like 6-11, and 11, that's actually probably the best case if you're a Cardinals fan. Because if Seattle had bottomed out this year and gone 2-15, and 15, you get Bryce Young, you get C.J. Stroud. Either way, you, like, you get your quarterback of the future. I know Geno went to West Virginia, and he's been really good in two games. But I don't think they view <laughs> yes. him as their quarterback of the future in Seattle. It feels like Pete Carroll's going to coach them to just enough wins where they won't get a, a truly high draft pick. Yeah, I'm thinking of Pete Carroll. He really is. He, he's a good coach. Coach base and audience. He is. It's hard for me to say that. Say you're struggling to it's get those words out. It's hard for me to out. say that it is. It's not that I don't like Pete Carroll. It's not like I look at him and, and think, you know, look, there's Jerry Glanville. You remember Jerry Glanville? <laughs> Do you not like Jerry I Glanville? I not like Jerry okay. Glanville. <laughs> look here, there's Buddy Ryan. I did not like Buddy Ryan. It doesn't sound like you like okay. Buddy Ryan. Buddy Ryan, who put a bounty on me one game because I took a run at him on the sideline. Took a run at him? I did, as a matter of fact. <laughs> took a run at him. And by the way, shall I tell you right th- right now, based on names, the bounty went unclaimed. Yeah, that's right. Unclaimed, and you know it, Buddy Ryan. Wait, so that's still out Nobody there? knocked me down. Nobody knocked me down that day, even though they circled me with three different guys and had me literally in the popcorn machine, jacking me up, trying to knock me to the ground. Three guys. I just want to be clear. Okay. When you say you took a run at him, it's not, I took a run at the Eagles. I, you took a no. run at the head coach. I, I 
I didn't try to stop. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I didn't try to stop, and I ran into Buddy Ryan right. and then told him about it, no. and he didn't like it. Right. It doesn't seem like something that anybody Sorry, would buddy. Like. Um, by, right. And by the way, buddy, your breath stunk. Text us your thoughts to the Fandle text line at 620. 620 right now. When we come back, can the Cardinals build off of what we saw from their offense in the second half yesterday, or is there a lot more work to be done? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. All right, Wolf, I think this is probably the biggest question football-wise. I mean, I'm still... Questions as as to how JJ Watt was able to 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 get through and do what he did yesterday, uh, but as far as just football wise for this team going forward now, I think the biggest question is probably did we see something in the second half offensively? I know you've, you've been talking about this off and on throughout the, uh, the the show so far, but let's let's really get into it now. Is there something you you did in the second half offensively yesterday? Playing with a lead for the first time all season, yeah. that might be something you can carry over now the rest of the season. Because if not, it was a win and it was nice, but then you're going to have huge issues again when you play a team that can score because the Cardinals don't seem like they can score consistently right now. Yeah, you know, I think uh, the Arizona Cardinals attack vertically as opposed to horizontally. That's what they did, especially in that second half. They totally changed it. They started running the ball in a north-south way in between the tackles. For me, that's just me watching them go about their business. I was so encouraged. That was the reason why I walked out of that game and felt, aha, there it is right there. I felt encouraged that they were were able to use a lot of 12 personnel and run the ball in between the tackles. Kyler Murray, after the game, talked about getting all three running backs involved. Great. It's great to see all them uh, to get time, make plays. They all made plays, too. It wasn't just, you know, uh, here and there, but they all, you know, they all had uh, intricate parts in this game. He also, Kyler, at, the, at times, it was very obvious uh, because... It felt like he was what a lot of the fans felt watching, where he was getting frustrated with the tempo that it wasn't going. He talked about that after the game as well. I mean, you saw it. <laughs> um, yeah, just uh, just trying to get on the ball and go. You know, they uh, they're one of the teams that um, they struggle with tempo. I mean, if you you let them get in third down, so you know, and um, you let them get in their double bear package and do do the things that they want to do, uh, give exotic looks and stuff like that. Um, you know, we had we had intended to get on the ball quick and, and go. You know, and um, we allowed them to do what they wanted to do, you know, for, for the majority of the first half. I like that Kyler is, and he's been doing this all season and throughout camp so far. If he's not happy with something, he's verbalizing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, oh, that, yeah. was, that was a complaint a lot of people had about him of, oh, he's just over there sulking. Or, yes. he's just, you know, he's checked out or he's pouting. He's not doing that this year. He is, they had the other clip earlier of like, well, okay, does the slow start, does that not matter because you won? Well, it matters to me. You know, I mean, yes. he's, he's getting frustrated with this stuff. Um, but I think in a more constructive way, before we carry on, Wolf, I do want to say this too, since the Cardinals just sent this uh, release out. Antonio Hamilton, Colt McCoy, Antoine Wesley, all designated to return to practice. Whoa! 
Okay, Antonio Hamilton, um, the talk of training camp in terms of how much better he got. That's going to strengthen the cornerback room, of course. That's fantastic right there, man. And Tweezy, Antoine Wesley coming back. back, man. That is a big deal right there. So this is good. You know what? Guys getting healthy, this this is good, man. They got two more games they got to get through before D-Hop comes back. Two more games. Somehow, some way, can they go out there and win both those games? Ooh, get greedy. Oh, we're now just going for 42. Get greedy. Okay, all right. Um, the, the concern I think a lot of people had watching this yesterday was they they seem to be stopping themselves at times on offense. Carolina's, Carolina has an underratedly strong defense. Yeah. Like they, they got a solid defense. Without a doubt, Luke. So I wouldn't, Without a doubt. Their pass defense yeah. is really, really good. Yeah. One they, of the better ones in the league. They've got some players, and they play it pretty well as a unit, and it's not, nobody, you don't have Aaron Donald, you don't have Max Crosby, but they just have a very solid defense. So it's not that the Cardinals only scored 26, which 26 is fine. It's the can't get the play in from the sideline, have to call a timeout, snapping the ball over Kyler's head. Uh, you know, a weird call on fourth down where you're running a jet sweep to Rondale Moore, who hasn't even played this season instead of just handing off to one of your three running backs. These little things that, that add up into bigger things, Wolf. But I keep coming back to one thing Cliff Kingsbury said last week when we talked to him. They haven't really gotten to play with a lead yet. They hadn't at all until yeah. yesterday in the second half. If you want something to be encouraged about in that game yesterday, the first time this season the Cardinals' offense really looked sustainably decent was after they got a lead for the first time this season. Yeah. So maybe there's something there. Yeah. Hopefully there's something there. Hopefully, Luke. Ho- hopefully there is something there. You know, once again, I love the fact that the more physical the Arizona Cardinals became, the better their offense became. The more physical they became from a scheme perspective, philosophically. Yeah, you've heard me say this. I'm sorry. I'm going to do this again. You've never okay? apologized to me before you sorry. were about to say I, something. I'm just saying right now, when you take your quarterback base at Onions and you stick them under center and you have two tight ends in there and you have two wide receivers and you have one running back, <laughs> there's only a certain amount of plays you're going to be able to run out of certain formations. And when you've got two tight ends on the same side for the most part um that says run to a lot of people out there but you know what it also says run to your offensive line you send a message to your offensive line when you take your quarterback and stick him under center and the message to everybody in the stadium on both sides of the ball offensively and defensively the message is this stop us because here it comes. I'm surprised you haven't latched on to the 13 personnel we saw late in the game with three tight ends on one I, I side. I didn't want to get greedy. I don't want to get we greedy. We saw it. We actually I saw wanna, it. I, I know, but you know what? I don't want just 13 personnel either. I don't want that. 12 personnel is what I think I'd love to see. 13 is great. If you want to do it from time to time, give them a different look. Why in the world would you not give a defense? A de- of course you would. That's why I'm all for it. It's great. Just like 10 personnel from time to time. That's right. One back, no tight ends. Go four wide. Go ten personnel. I got no problem with that. If it's not a base situation, if it's not an all-the-time thing, if it's a every once in a while, heck yeah, do it all, man. Blend it all. 
that's what this this offense needs to do going forward. But I love it. When you stick that quarterback under center, do you know what it says to everybody? You know what plays are coming for the most part. Stop us. I don't, and maybe I blame myself for this, I don't understand why we haven't just been talking about Eno Benjamin for three hours today, honestly, with everything he did. He spoke after the game yesterday on how they could potentially carry this momentum into a home game this weekend with the Eagles. We just got to use that same momentum. Um, If if people aren't ready to play an undefeated Eagles team, then I I don't know what to tell you. But um, I know uh, the guys in my my, my group, my guys in my running back room, we're, we're ready to go. We're ready to take on that task. Eno's ready. Eno will kick if he has to. Can I? <laughs> he will kick, and he has now. <laughs> and, he, and he has. Um, my question is, uh, punter is he the backup punter as well? Don't worry about that. Don't answer that. Um, Was he wedge busting yesterday too? Can I, can I tell you right now? I think the Arizona Cardinals need to play Daryl Williams and Eno Benjamin more. I think they need to do it. Give James Conner a blow. Give him a rest. I know you paid him a lot of money, and rightfully so. I was all for that signing. Yet at the same time, we're talking about a 17-game season here. 17 games. We don't want to wear him down. We, I want to see Eno Benjamin play more. The desperation in which he ran the ball yesterday was so impressive. Did you notice it? Macedonians watching the game. Luke, did you know? He plays like he's trying to make the team. He still plays like he's trying to make the team. Thank you for saying that. You could see the desperation in which he was running the ball, the effort he was getting. Daryl Williams. Ooh. Ooh, we got a dump truck. A a runaway dump truck that is coming. What are you going to do about it? Let him run the ball more. I want to see these two guys get the ball more. And now all three backs are going to be all that much more fresh and ready to go. Yards per carry this season, Eno's at five. And uh, Darrell Williams is at 6.5. Now, Darrell Williams only has 13 carries. James Conner's at 3.2. He's got 45 carries. James Conner is is your short yardage guy um, who, you know, we saw last year could be all three downs, but you don't need him to be all three downs this year because you have two other running backs behind him that are doing a pretty good job, too. Yeah, I'm thinking, hey, Darrell Williams, man, I wouldn't wouldn't mind seeing him actually hit the A-gap. Well, if he's going to average 6.5 yards per carry, then yeah, probably get him the ball a little bit more. And it feels like it feels like it watching Daryl Williams too. When he gets the ball, he is making something happen. He's not ripping off a 60-yard run. He's consistently getting you 6.5 yards each carry. We come back, a little Big Red Cross talk. Okay, let's do the math here. Wolf, the Cardinals won, so we're going to talk to Gambo next. We told Burns last week we always get him after the loss, so the Cardinals won. We get Gambo. He joins us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.